0: Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 91, please. Uh, Psalm 91, great Psalm. Uh, And as we look at this this morning, I want to remind you of a few things. Uh, The first one is this. Um, I hope you're here to change today. I hope you're here to change. Um, As I think about this, uh, I want to remind you that us coming to the Lord, us coming to church us reading the Bible, us worshiping God, is all about us changing. It's all about us changing. And what I mean by that is this, uh, that, that we would trade in the old life, the old things, for the way God wants us to live, and the better way, the better way. Um. I'm not looking for any testimonials this morning, but how many of you have messed up your life before? And 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 sometimes when we mess up our lives, we we want to say, "God, can you fix it? Can you fix it? Uh, can can I get this taken away from me? I I, I don't want to change, but can you fix it? Can you fix it?" Uh, the other night we were at our house and. Uh, I won't say which grandson it was, but one of my grandsons uh, was at our house, and I have chickens, and so I, we were giving him some eggs, and the mom and the grandma were not paying attention. I won't say I won't say their names, um, <clears throat> but uh, in the other room, and the the grandson comes out, and he goes, "Oh no!" And he looks over to where the oh no was, and there was eggs smashed on the carpet. And 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 he does this often. He says oh no because he knows that some things aren't supposed to happen and when they do, but he knew full well how that happened. It wasn't a shock. He didn't say, I'm shocked, there's gambling going on here. Right? He didn't he, 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 he knew exactly how it happened, and how it happened was he did it. He did it. And I want to start out this morning in saying most of the time when our, there's a mess in our lives, there's usually a clue, some fingerprints on it, right? And you don't have to be a detective to know how it turned into a mess, And so I I just want to remind you that that as we go to the scriptures, it's all about change. Us changing and going and doing what God wants us to do. Even as I uh, finished uh, studying this morning and printed out my notes and I started laughing and I go, man, this is a great passage. Our lives would be a lot better if we listened to the scripture. And I, I thought that was so funny. Because I'm a pastor, and I've been around the scripture for a long time, and I go, man, I should listen to this more. So Psalm 91. And, and I want to I just say that, you know, there's a title on your, your card there, and it might be close to what we're talking about today. And, but today, what we're talking about is chaos to confidence. Um, And when I think of that word confident, it sounds like a stretch, doesn't it? Some of you uh, feel a little unsure of yourself and you kind of go, I don't know how the idea of confidence sounds kind of wild for me. I'm just not that confident of a person. And there's plenty of things in my life that are chaotic. And I want to tell you this, that it's not just your life that is chaotic. It might be, but this world is chaotic. Chaotic. And you say, well, I can handle this world. No, you can't. No, you can't. You don't have enough resources, and the world's too chaotic. And so the idea of chaos to confidence kind of sounds like a stretch. Um, And I want to tell you, it's all about us, his people, switching our dependence from ourselves and what the world has to offer from from. That you would not trust in yourself anymore, that you wouldn't trust in the collective culture, what everyone else is doing, you know, what what even they've done for generations. I think sometimes uh, we think about um, our families and we go, well, this is how my father dealt with this. This is how my grandfather dealt with this. And I I never met my great-grandfather, but I bet you he dealt with it like this. And I want to tell you that the gospel is not about the way your father and your father, you know, it's about God's call on your life to do things differently and honor him. So it's not about collective culture. It's not about you trusting in your finances or guns. I know where I am. I know where I live. If you ask somebody in Kern County if you know they believe in the Second Amendment. They say, "I don't know about those other amendments, but I know what the Second Amendment is." And I, uh, you know, guns are important. You know, I, do, do you have a gun? Yes, I have twelve, twenty. I remember going over to a man's house and and uh, it was like uh, it was like a tour through a museum of his gun. Like, uh, he just kept on handing it out, and he, he, he I mean, it, it was like a, a, a magic closet or something like that, where they just kept coming out. I think, I said, well, at the end, I said, how many do you have? And he says, I, I think last count was 126. And I was thinking, and hey, that's been years ago, so maybe he's got more now, I don't know. Uh, but it's not trusting in guns or politics or medicine. It's not trusting in what man can do. It's trusting in what God can do. And so this is where we are today. Um, And and before I move on, like I I have so much to say today, Um, I I couldn't help but as we were singing uh, to love this line. I've loved it before, but all, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Do you believe that today? Uh, if you believe that, uh, you will trust the God of the Bible. You'll do what He says. You will reject the ideas of this world. You will reject all, the, and you'll go, "Oh, I, I know what. I, I know where I need to go." Um, and so today, we're really talking about uh, a place where we can live, a place where we can be secure, a home that we can have, a home that where we should be. And so that's what this passage is about. Please stand in honor of God's word. I'd like to read to you Psalm 91. Psalm 91. God's word says this. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, And from the deadly pestilence, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes At noonday, a thousand may fall by your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Uh, You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent, for, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands, uh, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the, the adder, the, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he, Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. God, we ask that you would teach us much from your word now and transform our lives, that this would be about change. God, I ask that you would grant us um, repentance that we are incapable of handling in and of ourselves. God, change our own thoughts to your thoughts. God, do your work in us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, before I move on, I, I just want to talk to you about this word security. This word security. It's good to be secure. Uh, many of you know that the Bozler family, we, we lived uh, up in the Bay Area, north of San Francisco. I think uh, we were in Petaluma, and I think they said it was 29 miles, depending on where you were, uh, to the Golden Gate Bridge. And so uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to live in that place and to be able to drive over just you know for the day and drive over the Golden Gate Bridge. And uh, there were people who told us about how to, you know, really, you could walk across it. And there were places where you could see it better. And so, so from time to time, we would go down there. And as a family, we were a young family. And we thought, hey, you know, you could walk across the Golden Gate Bridge. Wouldn't that be a great idea? And so we thought that would be a great idea. Um, some of you have small children. Some of you have small children. Okay. And this is not a good idea. This is not a good idea. Um, and so the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, you, you start. We're on the north side, and so we parked our car, and we were excited. You know, we had th- three kids, three little ones, three little boys, and then a, a, a baby daughter in a stroller. And, and and it sounded like a great idea. It was a beautiful day. We 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 began our walk, and 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 instantly, as we started walking over the Golden Gate Bridge my blood pressure was, was like, I, I didn't take it, I, but I was a nervous wreck. And, and we were, you know, trying to hold on to the kids and they were so excited because it was exciting. And there's at least um, uh, a railing on the Golden Gate Bridge of at least this high, <laughs> at least this high. Okay. And so there's kind of a little step, a little um, concrete step so you can get up higher. And the kids were were getting up on that and they were kind of looking over the edge and we're grabbing them and we were trying to move closer to the traffic so we could be hit by oncoming traffic. And we were trying to move over there and we were doing this and, and Rebecca and I, in our wisdom, we made it a third of the way across the Golden Gate Bridge that day. Because if you go on the Golden Gate Bridge, if you're nervous of heights, and you look over the side, you realize it's a big deal. I've been told, I, I read a story, and I thought it was appropriate, that when they were building the Golden Gate Bridge, they were way behind schedule that they were building, and this was many years ago, I think it was during the Depression, right after that, as part of the, you know, the process of you know, wasting money on things like that, anyways... Um, to bring us out. And, and so they had these men, but they were way behind schedule and the, the, they couldn't imagine. And so as part of, you know, thinking through what took them so long was they put this steel net underneath it. And magically, and magically, the progress sped up. And as you think that through, you realize what it would be like to work on a bridge like that to be looking down all day and going, you know, one slip, one slip and I'm done. I want to tell you that the security that we have because of our God is much greater than anything that you can imagine. And so as we look at this psalm, I want you to think, what is the security that we have in God? What, what does he offer us? What does he grant us? How does he love us? And this is what it says, 91. The first, we see the first couple of verses, so a secure place to live. He who dwells in the shelter of, of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. As you, as you look at those words, it, it says dwell and abide. And, and the idea there is, the idea of dwelling is the idea of living, but where you're living. Where you're living matters, where you where you find your place and, and the word abide is a word that you could use uh, to talk about spending the night somewhere, spending the night somewhere. And in fact, um, it's interesting. Where will you spend the night? Where will you spend the night? Where, where do you usually spend a night? Well, at home, of course. But when you're not at home, where will you spend the night? And I know that all of you think about this. You you maybe not think about it on a regular basis. Have you gone to hotels that you made reservations to that you said, I'm not staying here? We have. Uh, Not the three nights we booked, just the one, right? We went once and, you know, I had to reroute, right? Or maybe there was a spot where you said, you know, "I, I can't sleep here. Why can't I sleep here? I don't feel safe here. I, I, I'm nervous. I, I, you know, And when you're nervous, it's hard to sleep, isn't it? You're laying there like this. This is great. you know. Uh, there's a feeling there. And the, the, the 91st, 90, 91st Psalm, as you, as you look at this, you realize that this is what the psalmist is talking about. We don't know the situation. We don't know even about the psalmist. It says, but he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. The idea here, it's describing the God of creation, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of you and I, if we trust in him. He is the place, not just to be, but it's the place to live, the place to sleep, the place of protection. It's a place to dwell and live and abide, to spend the night in the shadow of the Almighty. In the picture of the shadow of the Almighty, it's to be underneath him. It's to be protected by him. You think about uh, different places and being out in the hot sun and not having protection. and there's a, It's not something you even really think about. You go, man, I need to get in the shade. I need to get in the covering. I need to not be exposed to this. And this is the picture uh, that He provides for us in verse one. And because He provides this for us, and because He gives us a place to live and dwell, abide to sleep, He says the, the psalmist response to this, verse two, I will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Um the 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 value and treasure of God, of a relationship with Him, causes us to say, This is the one I trust in. He's the one. He's the one that I find refuge. He's the one I run to for protection. And I mentioned this last week, and I don't want you to feel judged or called out or anything, but He is the one we should run to. It's not the bottle. It's not the internet, it's not food, it's not even the comfort of family, it's not medicine, it's not any of those things. The one we should run to is the one who created us, loves us more than anything. I want to stop and say this. Um, Some of you uh, come to church and you say, Pastor, I don't like what you were talking about. And if I'd be honest with you, and a lot of times I don't like what I'm talking about. Uh, When I go to God's word, there's a lot of things that I go, God, I'm struggling with that. I'm wrestling. My thoughts don't agree with your thoughts. And I want to say this. I want to say this. I want to say, I want to say to you every week, you guys are great. Just keep doing what you're doing. I want to say that so badly. I want to uh, be non-confrontational and just give you a hug and say, you're perfect. But that's not loving. That's not loving. And as I I love this church and I want what's best for you and my heart breaks when your heart breaks and I I, I know the struggles of life from my own, but I also see it in your life. I, I want you to know there's a better way. There's a better way. And in love, I, I call you to, to find your place. And, and Psalms is a confrontational thing, not so much in confronta- confrontational in the sense that it's as powerful and like, like shaking an uh, angry finger at us, but th- this idea confronts us in choosing other ways to handle life other than the God who loves us so much. And so the response of the psalmist, as he he understands that he's the place to live, the place to go to, the place of protection and covering, he says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. How do you handle life? How is it that you go through the difficulties of life? Have any of you ever gotten sick? You struggled in your marriage? You had unruly kids? Thank you for not saying, "Amen." Have um, you struggled financially? Have you struggled with the darkness of your own heart, the sins of the past, the failings? Like, have you struggled with those things? How do you handle them? How do you handle them? Psalmist says, "I will trust. I will trust." He's the one in whom I trust, my God. And I I see this, we're gonna see it again, but he says, my, my. What is he saying? That this isn't just a, a, a trick I use. This isn't a life hack. This is the relationship that matters most and matters in a way that I cannot live without him. I am not secure without him. My refuge, my fortress, my God. Verse three and from three to down to verse 13, you will see the hiding place of home. The, 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 what will happen because of me being in relationship with God? What will he bring to my life and how will my response be? What will life be like for me in this chaotic world? How can I have calm and chaos? verse 3 says this, for for he will deliver you. He will deliver you. That's an amazing thing. He says from the snare of the fowler being caught in the traps of the, the one who wants to eat us, if you will, and, and from the deadly pestilence, the idea of pests coming in and, and, and ruining us and uh, pestering us and He says this in verse four. He says, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. The words pinion and wings give you a picture of a, of a bird and, and their little feathers and their wings coming over their young and, and holding them down and protecting them so much so that they're not even, they're hidden. They're hidden. It's interesting. Sometimes you see a, a chicken or a bird sitting there and you you think, "Oh, they, you know, they look like they put on a few, you know, they look a little heavy." And then, you know, they get startled and there's this little one that peeks out his, underneath, right? It's protected, not even none of covered. He says that that the this is the picture of the faithfulness of the one who protects you. He's a shield and a buckler. Those, those words there are different sizes of shields a smaller one and a larger one. And it's the idea that, that God is the one who protects you and surrounds you, that you will not get crushed by the enemy. The bullets will not penetrate, the bombs will not come in. It's the idea of where is the place to hide? It's God Himself. He's the one. He's the one who tenderly protects with wings and feathers and also with shield and buckler. He's the one who, in the dangerous points of life, the snare and the deadly pestilence, he's the one who will be the one uh, for success. And I, I want to stop and say this. You might read this and say this Well, something went wrong. Something went wrong because I got sick. Uh, something went wrong because, you know, my my life, I got in a mess. I got sick. I got in a mess. I got financial problems. I, I ended up in jail. I'm going to prison. Like, like, these things could happen, and you say, God, where were you? I thought you said that you would protect me. I want to tell you that this psalm does not teach... It is, you might be confused in hearing this, that, that this is a health wealth gospel, that, that nothing bad will ever happen to me as I trust in God. And I want to tell you this, it's not that nothing bad will ever happen to you or in this world. Absolutely it will. But he will be the one to be faithful and be the one to keep you in the difficulties of life to the end, to the end. It's interesting, it says in verse three and four, kind of a he will, or this is what will happen. God will bring this about to you. And the response in verse five is, uh, what will happen to the person? How, how will they feel? It says, you will not fear. You will not fear. And you say, how do I do that? How do I do that? My life is filled with fears. And, and I want to tell you that um, Fears, there's more fears the older you get. Did you know that? Some of you know that, right? And why is that? Because when you're young and dumb, you don't know what can happen, right? Right? And, and, and you have policies in your own life the older you get, right? And how do you get policies? How do you get policies? From the mistakes of the past, right? Right? You know, some of you said uh, you you go to, maybe maybe you've gone to L.A. one time. One time. (laughs) You had a bad experience. And you said, this one time, you know, my car broke down in L.A. and I was afraid. And somebody stole my, you know, tires, hubcaps, whole car, you know, whatever it was. And you say, "I'm never going back." That's a new policy. We do not drive to LA. We move to Tehachapi, and if we go someplace else, it's farther out. Okay, it's farther out. And you make policies. Some of you do that with your finances. You make an investment and it doesn't go right. You say, "I'm never doing that again." It's a policy. And, and you, you know, you go someplace and you got sick and you came home and you go, I'm never going, like, there's policies over and over again. And you try to, like, put this thing and just be safe in the things that you do because you have more policies and what, what all, all it is is you have more fears, right? You're fearful of this happening or that happening or this happening. And, and so when you read something that starts off and it says you will not fear, you go, come on now, tell me, how can that happen? Don't you know what I know? The, the, the reason you will not fear comes. This is what is going to come. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. And he goes through the things that you won't fear and how you won't fear, the terror of night. Why, why is night a terror? Why is night a terror? Because you can't see. Because you can't see. And you say, well, the reason I can't see is because the lights aren't on or the candle's not lit. And you say, but the reason I turn the lights out and the candles so I can go to sleep. That makes me more afraid, right? Because what's going to go on when I'm asleep? He says, you will not fear. You will not fear. And you say, well, how can I... How can I not fear when I can't see and when I'm, when I'm not awake? Uh, Rebecca, I didn't ask her if I could share this because it just happened. But uh, as we were, Brandon was sharing the psalm and it says, be still and know that I am God. She leans over to me and she says, that's what I was thinking when you were in surgery. Be still and know that I'm God. And as the husband that I am, I lean back over to her and I go, you know what I was thinking during the surgery? Nothing. <laughs> I, do, do you get it? Do you get it? Be, the, the nighttime, the nighttime, there's plenty to fear at night and, and you try to play mind games with you and you go, I lock the door. I lock the door. I, I lock the door. I have a gun. I have a gun. It's right there. I know where it is. I know where the bullets are in the chamber, right? Ready to go. I, you know, I, you know I, I know they won't turn the power off of me because I paid my bill, you know, and you, and you start going through all the things and you say, I, I can take care of everything. I, I can I can do it. I'm fine. I guess I can go to sleep now. And then you start worrying about the things that you have no control over, right? In the nighttime, in the nighttime, he says, you will not fear, but you won't Fear the arrow that flies by day. I thought that was interesting because uh, you say, you know, the, the nighttime is the things that you can't see or you can't do anything about. But the the arrow that flies by night, you, you can picture, you know, they're in battle. And, 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 you know, he's got the big thing here and he pulls an arrow. And you say, oh, no, he's loading up an arrow. Uh, and they pull, oh, no, he's pulling back the bow. Oh no, it's coming near me. Like, you know, there's an anticipation sometimes of the problems of life getting closer, getting closer. And he says, "Yeah, you won't fear that. You're fine. You won't fear the one that you can't see, you won't fear the one you can see." Right? So if you have those, you know, those those logs or boulders running, you know, rolling towards you. And he says, you won't even fear the one you can see coming at you he says uh nor nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness this idea that you know they these little flies and pests and stuff that are going to come ruin your crops and ruin you that they're all having a meeting like in the bugs movie they're they're getting together and they're plotting against you and you you say I'm not going to even worry about those things or the destruction that wastes at noonday. None of these things, none of these terrible things I will not fear. It's not that they can't happen. It's that I know, I know that the place of covering the one that is watching over me is the God of the universe. Verse seven says this, and this is what we will see. Uh, He says, you know, what God will do. You know how that will affect me, and now in verse seven he says, "A thousand uh, fall by at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but you, but it will not come near you. You will look, and you will look only. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. What he says is this: is that you. It's as if you're walking through life, and there's many people, and and I want to tell you that. I don't know if you feel this way. Most of you know you were here last week. Rebecca and I went away for a few days and uh, went out to Catalina. And uh, that was great. A lot of people out there. Um, And then we went to the beach down in San Diego, Coronado, and a lot of people there. And it's sometimes hard to be around a lot of people that you don't know in the sea of humanity. And not just that, but like as as a believer, as someone who is... uh, secure, saved, taken care of, our relationship with God, to look out and go, look at all these lost people. Look at all these lost people. And, and it seems like you, you feel like you're the only one who knows the Savior. And the picture here is this uh, of the psalmist going through life and he's watching people fall to death to his right and to his left He's seeing the sea of humanity fall apart and and, and succumb to the the difficulties of life. And he's like, whoa, is this going to hit me too? Am I going to have the same fate as them? And the answer is no. It's not that you won't die. But there won't be this sense of like you succumbing to the, the chaos of this life. But it will not come near you. He says this. Uh, you, you will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Why, why do the wicked die? It's an act of judgment. You know, the best that someone doesn't, who doesn't know Christ has is right now. And when they die, then comes the judgment. And so as you look at this, you realize that as you see people dying in unbelief, what, what that is, as you're seeing God's judgment, and that's what's going to happen. But he says, For you, it will will not come near you. It's not the, the path of your life, it's not the plan of God for you. Why? Verse 9. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High is, is my refuge, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent there's this picture and this hedge and this covering that comes with you. And you know this, that if something comes into your life, somehow God, it has passed through his, uh, his desire for your life and it's part of his plan. And somehow he's going to use this, even though it be hard. It's not something that happened by accident, nor is it something that comes from a recompense or a, a, a payment for the wicked, this is what it looks like. The night, the day, the darkness, the noontime, the thousands that you would see. But there is protection for the righteous, judgment for the wicked. I want you to get that too. What this psalm is teaching is protection for the righteous, judgment for the wicked. I want you to get that. And it goes back to that whole my life is a mess. Why is it a mess? I want to tell you, you should ask the question, am I doing it wrong? Am I doing it wrong? Am I seeking to walk with the Lord, be righteous in his eyes? And it's not a self-righteousness. It's a a simple walking in faith where we are listening to him, hearing his voice and, and following in obedience. So... So what you see is the response that you get from knowing God is that you see a different life. You experience a different life. You might struggle this idea of when does pain and death come to the life of the believer? And I would say this, right on time and as part of his plan. Right on time and part of his plan. I want you to get this to be helpful for you. This would be helpful if you can get this way. What, what happens when you end up in the hospital? What, what happens? How do you handle that? What happens when you get sick? What, what happens when you lose your job or all your money? What happens when there's a fracture in your family and you, you don't know what to do? You, you, you look to God. You look to God. And you say, God, I guess you got me here today. Today. Laying in this bed. <laughs> You got me here today. And, and this nurse that's rolling through here, somehow she's here today too. She doesn't know what she's, she, she doesn't know who she's taking care of today, right? Yours. And this doctor, he may or may not know what he's talking about. But, but I know you've got me here today. I know that you have me in this time and place. It's not 50 years ago. It's not in the future 50 years. You have me here right here today. And if somehow pain is a part of my life today, you know about it. You know about it. And somehow you're going to take care of me today. You're going to be enough for me today. You will teach me and grow me and sustain me today. Verse 9, and the Lord, I'd say this, the Lord is the difference. Verse 9, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high who is my refuge. Verse 10, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. Verse 11, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Uh, You will tread uh, on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot. Here's the picture. I I want you to get this. So we we live in a chaotic world. And if we're left to ourselves, we're going to bring a lot more chaos and mess things up. But the picture here is now we have relationship with God. And as part of his protection of you, he sends his angels, messengers, to take protection over you. And and I realize who I'm talking to. I realize the world we live in. Some of you are thinking of touched by an angel and stuff like that. You go, I love that idea of angels. I love it. I just want to remind you, angels are not the big deal. The big deal is the God who loves you so much. Who he sends his armies to protect and to take care of you, right? And the picture here is this: that uh, there's there's this protection. Don't step there. Don't step there. We're not going to go that way. As a shepherd would move a sheep over, that's what he does for us, you know, angelically through life. And so some of you are like, you know, really stubborn and you're you're driven, and you go, No, I am going to do it. I am going to step there. Don't do that, right? Uh, When you feel like God doesn't want you to proceed, don't, okay? Uh, But there's this picture of where your footing is. And 13, verse 13, it says this, the the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. And what what you get there is two lions, two snakes, okay? How many of you like lions and snakes? You know, the only people who like lions and snakes are, are little kids, Right? And if you're you still like lions and snakes and you're older you've never grown up. You've never grown up. And it's time. It's time, okay? But but what it represents is is different kinds of danger, kinds of danger. And this picture of the, the powerful lion or the reckless young lion or the, these different snakes, uh, poisonous and venomous snakes, that, that they would somehow, on your way of life, that they would take you down and they would destroy your life. And he says, no, no, no that's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is because of the power of the Lord in your life, you will be the crusher of those things. And he pictures the problems of life as being these Uh, fearful animals. And he says, no, in the end, because of my strength in your life, because of the work angelically and how, how these things work out, God will make the difference because we have made him the dwelling place, the most high, our refuge. This is what will happen. There will be victory because of him. Verse 14, and we see this conclusion coming. And and, and I'd say it this way. God loves to satisfy his people. He loves to satisfy his people. And that's, that's striking to me. Because that's the thing that we want apart from him. We want to be satisfied. We want to be taken care of. We want to be secure. We want to be at rest. We're, we're see- seeking it. And, and sometimes the way we seek it is kind of like my dog is chasing his tail, Right? It's the dumbest thing ever right he he, he just kind of goes around and around and then he'll he'll get a moment of sanity and then he'll go the other way right you know and there there's this sense in which he just goes i i gotta do something i gotta and, and there's this nervous energy that we fill our lives with that that we chase our tail and we go after other things but he is the god who loves to satisfy listen to this in verse 14 because he holds fast to me, meaning the psalmist, meaning the one who finds his shelter. And, and, and this is an interesting. The, the psalmist, the one who trusts in God, is saying, I'm going to cling to you. You're going to be my answer, God. This is the place where I'm going to live. This is the place where I'm going to abide. This is the one I'm going to run to. Because he holds fast to me in love, What happens? I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. And, and what, you, what you get when you trust in God is all the resources of God, all the resources of heaven, all that you would ever need, all that you could ever wish for in him. And then he ends the, this passage. With long life I will satisfy him. And show him my salvation. The idea of long life. Or abundant life if you will. Is the, the idea that your life will be good. It will be good. And it's not that it, it's without problems. It's There's a sense of fullness to it. I, I, I look out at the people here, and I I know some of you. I know some of you well. And I know that you've been in the hospital before. And I know some of you have rejoiced in the hospital before. I know some of you have gone through seasons of difficult times, and God has refreshed you and and been faithful to you. And so you rejoice. And there's a fullness to your life. Not that everything's easy, but there's a fullness to it, a satisfaction that God has given you. And I want to tell you that there's more of that. There's more of that. It's still the right answer today, even if you're 87 and a half. Let me give you three things as we close our time. Learn this from this song, these three things. The first one is this. There's plenty to fear, plenty to fear. There's plenty to flip out about. There's plenty to worry about. Some of you are good at it. Might even consider it a superpower, right? There's plenty to fear. This is life. Don't, I, I think some of us you know, say, oh, there's nothing to worry about. And you see, that's not true. You want the list? There's plenty to worry about. And, and I don't think it's wise to say, oh, there's nothing to worry about in this world. I'll, I'll live in a gated community. Uh, plenty to fear it's good to remember that secondly and you got to take these as a whole right plenty to fear secondly that this passage teaches God's continuous sovereign protection God's continuous sovereign protection he is God he's on duty he's constantly on duty His desire is for your good. He's going to protect you. And then lastly, just to remember this, remember this. He's the place I should call home. He's the place I should call home. Doesn't matter where you live. Doesn't matter where you are. He's the place that we should call home. He's the place where I say, ah, I feel secure today. I feel relaxed I feel protected. Why? Because I'm in relationship with him. I want to encourage you today. Uh, Some of you may not know the Lord, may not have a relationship. and, And even as you hear this, you say, that sounds pretty good, but I don't have it. I want to tell you, I'd love to talk to you more about that, that you could be in relationship with God, that you could be secure, not just for this life, but for eternity because of God's love for you. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of your word. I, I pray that, that we are, are, are um, super encouraged today as we look at your word and how much you love us and how much you are a resource to those who will trust in you. And God, I do ask that we would be ones who are our um, reaction to the difficulties of life, to the chaos of life outside, but life inside as well. Uh, that it would be that we would run to you, trust in you. God, thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.